Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're back. We're back. We're back with a guest. It's Talentless Talent. We are here and ready to go. I have a guest on. Her name is Nicole Hall. She is an artiste. She makes music. And she's just a sweet freaking human. If I had to pick somebody to go on a crazy quest with the only thing in our pockets being a water skin or a couple of coins, it would be Nicole. She's just very knowledgeable, interesting. I don't know. Find out for yourselves. Damn, I'm not going to give away the whole podcast. So Nicole is a tattoo artist based out of Kentucky, and she's been tattooing for several years now. Has kind of gotten out of the industry a little bit, but we talk about all of the shop horrors, uh, some tattitude thrown in there, and just dickhead apprentices. We also get into her new band. They're going to be dropping a music video on YouTube soon. That's called Crimson and Clover. And then Nicole has her own YouTube page just under her name, Nicole Hall, which I will put the link in the bio. Is it a bio? I'll put the link in the description. That's it. I figured it out. Sponsor me. I know what a description is. So we are talking tattoos. We are talking music. I learned things about the um, health codes and all of that fun stuff. So be really wise where you get your tattoos from, guys, because there's a lot of codes out there that exist, and that's for your safety. So me and Nicole go through the entire uh, shebang when it comes to being a female tattoo artist in a male-dominated industry. And it's not like men are trash, hate all men, blah, blah, blah. It's just talking about the difficulties of it. So, I mean, if that floats your boat, then it floats your boat. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You don't have to listen, but please do. Uh, seriously, though, thank you, everybody who has listened, who has downloaded, who has shared it. It really means a lot to me because when I started this, I was like, oh, my God, I'm just sitting in a room by myself talking to myself. Nobody gives a shit. Well, you may not give a shit, but at least you are acting like you do. And it's much appreciated. Also, throughout this episode, I realized um, how important soundproofing is. So we had two dogs here, my dog and then their dog. So I apologize if there's any crazy background noise. I don't know. I'm just learning how to do stuff here. Give me a break. Uh, But episode four, Talentless Talent, we're with Nicole Hall. So Check it out. Enjoy it. Learn something new, guys. Here it is with Nicole Hall and Kylie Dills. Thank you for listening.
Okay. So we're here with Nicole. And just to give you some history, Nicole um, is dating TJ. I knew TJ before Nicole. That's why I mentioned it. <laughs> I've known TJ for a little bit, right? So I've known, I guess I've known TJ since 2014, which that's Cute. an awkward story. <laughs> Can I tell the awkward story? Yeah, totally. Okay. So my boyfriend had, so my boyfriend is Cody. We all know this anyway, but <laughs> Cody was dating somebody and then Cody got with me a little bit afterwards and it was like, Hey, we're going to go hang out with this person. And it was TJ. And I was like, all right, cool. Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. We'll go hang out with a friend. Mind you. He's dating Cody's ex-girlfriend. And I was like, I don't know if I'm really cool with that. Because I am the type, I'm totally the type of person who isn't cool with ex-girlfriends until I actually get to know them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm the same way. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> TJ starts dating Cody's ex-girlfriend. We go and hang out. I accuse TJ of stealing my friend's cigarettes. Oh, that's no. that's just how I felt at the time. <laughs> And here we are. But he was still friends with our friend John, which is a mutual friend of me and Nicole's. Yes. That happened, whatever. And then he started dating you. Me and TJ became friends again. The better times. The better times. <laughs> and it was fine. It was, Like, no hard feelings towards the ex-girlfriend anymore. That was such a dumb. I'm Or for stealing cigarettes. Or for stealing cigarettes, <laughs> which I totally think he did. But he still denies it to this day. <laughs> I definitely think he did. Because, listen, here's the scenario. So we fucking walk into this garage in Carthage. And if you don't know what Carthage is, it's terrifying. Carthage is awful. It is so bad. I want somebody to get stabbed there. Oh, no. My first time in Cincinnati, I'm like, yeah, this is great. No, somebody got fucking stabbed Carthage in Carthage was alley. your first, like, impression of Cincinnati? It would, I, I wouldn't say first, but I would say probably, like, second or third. Like, that's I mean, a, of that's course unfortunate. See, yeah, yeah. And, of course, you see, like, the sky rises but no Carthage was it and I was like I don't I don't think I want to do this I gotta go but yeah so we saw somebody sat there but we went into this garage and there's like TJ girlfriend slash ex-girlfriend slash also ex-girlfriend yeah and my friend Amber has a pack of camel menthols in her pocket oh no and it's in her back pocket well, I can't say that TJ doesn't like menthols, so he's got that going for him. He doesn't like menthols? He does not like could, menthols. I could also see TJ be like, I'm going to sell these on the streets. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> it's garbage. That or, hey, it's cigarettes. <laughs> right, right. So we end up leaving. So we're walking away. <laughs> and Amber's like, fuck, I think my cigarettes fell out of my pocket. So we go back and we're like, hey, are your cigarettes back there? He's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. But he answered way too fast. Oh, no. Yeah, he answered way too fast. Well, maybe ex girly stole him, too. I tried her. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you know who you are. And if you're out there, if you have Amber's cigarettes from <laughs> six years ago, I'll kill you. <laughs> but I won't really. Murder is not endorsed on this podcast. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, but anyway, so how did you and how did you and TJ meet? Not to make this about you and TJ, but like <laughs> just to get our backstory, I guess. Uh, so I was working at a tattoo shop called Lucky Thirteen, and I was considering like busking, which is uh playing music on the street for anybody who might not know what that is. And I uh really was kind of like super nervous about it and had anxiety. So everybody at the shop for like a week was like, "No, just you just got to go do it. You don't know how it's gonna turn out unless you just go do it." So they supported you in the endeavors. Yeah, totally. Okay. Um, I actually learned how to play guitar and stuff like that while I was working at the tattoo shop along with my apprenticeship. Oh, so sick. like everything kind of like started coming together at Lucky Thirteen for me. 
um, artistically. So one day I wasn't going to go outside and the apprentice was just like hounding me and was like, no, just go out there and do it. Just go do it. It's a good day for it. I was like, all right, cool. So I went outside with my guitar in this little like coffee can. I was out there for like an hour or so and I made like a like 40 bucks. So it was really cool. I was like, oh, this is like fucking sweet. Hell yeah. Am I allowed to cuss on this? Yeah. yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> okay. And um, eventually John and TJ came up and were talking to me. And it was mostly John talking to me at first. And I just kind of like thought TJ was cute. And I was like eyeballing him. That's and then cute. we had like a really awkward little conversation. And I played them a song and they left. And then I actually... What about like drug content? Yeah, drugs are totally fine. Okay, cool. So he put a uh, blunt roach in my coffee can and that's, I, like a little wait, tip. Wait, that's the tip TJ gave you? Yeah, and I didn't realize that he did it till I went inside and I dumped it out and I was like, it had to be those dudes. <laughs> uh, I gotta find them. Where's more blunt roaches? Yeah, well, he ended up being uh, working on a construction site next to the shop that I was working at. So we saw each other a lot and he would leave little like cute notes on my car and like dumb stuff like that like one time (laughs) one time I left my car window down and he put this like ridiculous tape on my car door and when I pulled it off it left like all the goop and stuff and it's still there why does that sound like TJ (laughs) yeah Yeah. definitely but eventually it was uh John's birthday and they stopped by and they asked if I wanted to come by to their house because they were cooking shrimp and I had never had shrimp before and I was like well if I have a like shellfish allergy you guys are gonna take me to the hospital right and he was like yeah wait pause (laughs) how old were you when it was your first time having shrimp um i want to say like 19 jesus Christ. <laughs> 19 or 20 oh the culture <laughs> tj's bringing out nicole i know so i went and i had shrimp for the first time and i had a good time and uh me and tj just kept hanging out that's dope <laughs> that's super dope i fucking hated tj when i met him did you have that same feeling or did you did you really like him no i genuinely liked him i, I think what i liked about him was that he just doesn't really give a fuck and was kind of rude to a lot of people and i like that about him because i'm like one of those quiet polite types of people where I was raised like really southern yeah and so I was always like it was kind of a fresh perspective where you can just tell people the fuck off yeah yeah. (laughs) so so we have a mutual friend John and we hung out with John John and TJ and then John TJ and Nicole so here we are and then y'all moved in with us yeah (laughs) fun times I don't think I ever want roommates again and it's not because of you guys no, I feel you. Roommates suck. Like, as you get older, it just kind of becomes one of those things where you just want your own space. Yeah, you definitely do. And I'm the kind of person who has to come home and, like, decompress for, like, mm-hmm. two and a half hours. Me too. Yeah, and if you're in my living room and I get home, I'm like, fuck you. Go in your, go in your fucking room. I can I attest to that. Yeah. So, so, yeah, we became roommates. And then um, we had, like, a couple bonding experiences. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We like when we got lost in Cincinnati on the highway for a little bit too. That was, <laughs> was I driving that day? Yeah. Definitely. Sounds about right. Okay. Yeah. That I think we sense. had like a conversation about old souls versus new souls, which was a super interesting conversation to have. In case you guys didn't know, we're old souls. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was dope. And we went to Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think we tried to go to like a cooler place for coffee, but they were closed. (laughs) So we went to Starbucks. (laughs) No planning whatsoever. What's new in my life? You guys ended up moving in with us. That was super dope. It was cool to have you guys as roommates and um, really kind of find out where I was in my own life journey where I was like, do I want roommates? The answer was no. And then I had another roommate after that, which... We're not going to go down that path. <laughs> Yikes. But anyway, so the reason why we're here <laughs> is just because, um, you know, we're talking about talents and everything. And you mentioned just being on the street and singing mm-hmm. your songs and working at the tattoo shop at Loki 13. So was that your 
was that your first experience in a tattoo shop? Yeah, I uh, I was going to college fresh out of high school, and I didn't know what I wanted to go for. So I had like a bunch of classes that were all different, and I was like wasting my college FAFSA money just on dumb stuff because I had no idea what I wanted to do. And um, I had always like grown up around tattoos. I had this guy who I don't, who's not like in my family, but I considered him to be an uncle, and he was a tattoo artist, and he ended up being my sister's tattoo artist. So I grew up around it. My sister's always been an artist, and she's actually better than I am. I don't tell many people that. Oh, yeah. This. But she wanted to be a tattoo artist, and it kind of like inspired me to try to go down that road. And then she ended up going a separate way. She's in college for uh, to be an art teacher, and so she's kind of like in the art field still, but not in the same direction that I went. So I ended up being the one that became a tattoo artist, <laughs> which was interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Was that her like life goal? Is that what she wanted to do? When she was in high school, she was kind of like post-hardcore and thought it would be cool, but I think it really wasn't like up her alley. You know what I'm saying? Post-hardcore. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> so does she like kids? Is that why she became an art major? teacher major yeah she definitely like kids uh likes kids she has uh my nephew Bo, who's amazing and also like just naturally talented in music which is really cool and uh she just kind of like nurtures that with him and just likes doing art in her free time like she worked at a library for a long time um she's kind of like a bookworm and stuff like that so she's just kind of always been on like the craftier side of things i guess yeah it just makes sense for her to go into that kind of major so Mm -hmm. When you were in college, where 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 did you go to college at? Uh, the Gateway Community Technical College in town. Is that in Covington? Yeah, okay. yeah. One of the campuses is. It's kind of like all over Northern Kentucky area. Yeah. So, yeah. are you from Covington? No, I'm from Georgetown, Kentucky. Georgetown. Kentucky. Yeah, I moved up here when I started college, and it just so happened to be like the campus I was at was like two blocks away from the tattoo shop that I wanted to work at, and so I kind of like weaseled my way in and made friends with the owner and like got a couple tattoos and was talking to him about um like maybe starting an apprenticeship and stuff like that during my like first semester of college and I ended up getting it and so I didn't go back for my second semester or anything like that but like I ended up getting it because he was having like hard times so the tattoo industry like slows down pretty much in the winter time nobody wants to get tattoos even though it's the best time to get tattoos because you don't have like summer and pool and stuff like that but um So he was having hard times, like I guess the shop fell on hard times, and he put out a post saying that he was considering closing down, and I was just like absolutely heartbroken and like reached out to him like, no, you know, like I've been like trying to like get like my portfolio together and bring it to you. I've been wanting to like, I want you to teach me, like I really look up to you as an artist. His name's Mark Lind, and he's really cool. You know him. I love Mark Lynn. Yeah, great old hippie guy. He's Even though he won't respond to me on Facebook, but <laughs> I think that's just because of um, his age and social media. Yeah, we're best friends, and it's so funny because I'll like I'll message him, and be like, "Hey, what are you doing today?" And then he won't answer me for two days, and then when I finally see him, he'll be like, "Oh, I didn't message you back because I got distracted," and then answer my question. Then he's literally just like that. Boomer ass. Yeah. No, is he Gen X? No, Gen X. Yeah, he's Gen X. He's forgotten. Sure. I think he's fifty three. Yeah. No, that's a boomer. He's yeah. Like, next time I see him, I'm be like, Mark, you're a fucking boomer, bro. <laughs> How's it feel that like half of your people voted for Trump in this election? Right. <laughs> but Politics scare me. Anyway. Same. Yes. Yeah. But he's a really great guy. And he ended up uh, giving me a shot and he hired on this other guy, um, Michael Thomas, who's a really good tattoo artist. He tattoos down in Florida now. And so I ended up doing my apprenticeship there. And he had like six or seven artists at the time. So I got to really like learn from everyone there. That's a and- lot. Yeah, it was crazy. One of my favorite artists was uh, Radish De La Vega, 
she's really great and she was just kind of an inspiration because women don't really get very far in the tattoo industry unless they're like a certain type of way so there's really only like two types of girls that get into tattooing and like there's the stereotypical one like Kat Von D type of style Mm -hmm. and then there's like the average everyday person yeah I would I would assume I feel like tattooing is a very male dominated field absolutely it has been for a long time so like what what is it like because I mean besides Lucky 13 you've worked at other places before yeah so working at other places did you get in there by yourself or was it was it did you know a man like how how did that go so the first shop that i i left lucky 13 and went to move a little closer down to where i'm from georgetown kentucky and ended up working at a shop down there and i didn't have the best of experiences there there were only two licensed artists and it was the owner and then the shop manager and then they had like six or seven all-female apprentices and pretty much only one of them showed any kind of like promise of going anywhere and they pretty much treated all the other ones like crap so when I came on as like the only female licensed artist they really tried to treat me like I was like an apprentice and um just like kind of like dismissed my experience and I kind of felt like it was because I was a girl but it also could have been because the owner only had five years of experience himself and felt like you know, he got, started getting upset when I kind of I finished one of his tattoos for him and the uh, client switched over to me. So I stole one of his clients, but he asked me to do it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like, what do you do? And then he started really not liking me after that. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Could you imagine, though? It's like, how long were you there before you took one of his clients? Probably three months. Yeah. And it's like, all right. Yeah, whatever. You can take her. Right. I well, I only time. had like three years of experience at the time. So he only had like two years of experience on me. And I think he was kind of like threatened by the fact that a lot of his apprentices were asking me for help, which I attributed more to him kind of being sexist than anything else, yeah. you know? So the apprentices that were getting left behind, I was giving them tips. And I think that he got really upset about that. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) definitely. And I would feel like, so every time I go into a tattoo shop, when it's a new shop, because like, I mean, you're my primary artist when you're not like I always say like you're retired (laughs) I take breaks for sure I'm always like I'm retired I can't do it anymore it's really because the like tattoo community is stressful yeah yeah definitely so and and that's the thing is like so when you're when you're retired Um, I always say that like, you know, my tattoos artist, reti- like she's <laughs> retired, whatever. So I'll go somewhere else. And it's always a woman at the front desk mm-hmm. every yep. single time. And she's it- usually like an apprentice or just a front desk person. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, I don't know. I've read horror stories online before of being like a female tattoo artist, because look, mm-hmm. I have no artistic ability. <laughs> However, have I considered being a tattoo artist because I like the culture? Yes. Yeah. Would I give you a fucked up tattoo? Would anybody hire me? Absolutely not. <laughs> Whatever. It's just but- a matter of practice. I think anybody can learn how to tattoo for sure. Like what, what I said about the apprentices not having any promise, that's the like their mentor's fault. You know what I'm saying? If you, if you have, yeah, if you have a crappy mentor, of course, you're not going to learn how to tattoo. You you're know? not going to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got, I looked out with Mark. He's an amazing teacher. He like actually shows you what to do and like answers your questions and makes you focus, you know? Yeah. yeah. So like George, so you grew up in Georgetown. Yeah. Awful place. Yeah. So that's a pretty small <laughs> community. So I consider mm-hmm. Chillicothe small. Yeah. It's comparable to Chill- Chillicothe. Yeah. Absolutely. They're pretty much similar. So when you were younger, did you consider yourself creative at all? Like, did you think that you were different than other people? 
Um, I had a lot of art classes where, like, I went through a bunch of art classes really quickly because I kept testing out of them, but I attributed that to just the fact that my whole family kind of does stuff like that, so I grew up around it. Um, I never really considered myself artistic until I actually got my first tattooing apprenticeship. I didn't really think of it that way. Did you, did you draw, though? Like, Yeah, was I was, like, I was the kid in high school that was always, like, doodling on the sides of paper and just bullshit like that all the time. Yeah, so it was just, like, consistent. You were, like, consistently practicing yeah, technically. It, yeah, absolutely. It was definitely practice, even though I didn't view it that way, because the main part of learning how to tattoo is drawing something over and over and over until you can do it in, like, 15 seconds. You know right. what I'm saying? So all those doodles in high school probably did help. <laughs> so, so, like, how was that, you know, being in a small town because I remember just like on a personal level like if you were artistic in our high school you were you kind of like walked on water in a sense (laughs) like that's how it felt like I remember in elementary school we had a art teacher old grouchy rude (laughs) right and you know, if you weren't good at art, she would condemn you for that every day. It felt like I, I think was at that's a awful. I think that's awful because they. I feel like as an art teacher, you should always try to highlight someone's strengths because yeah. I feel like a lot of art teachers think if you can't do realism, then you're not an artist. And there's all kinds of other different subgenres of art. You know, like just because you can't make something look real doesn't mean you're not an artist yeah that's how it felt it felt like that every time we'd go to art i would like fucking loathe it like, yeah like, i feel like draw. art teachers attribute to a lot of the people who just like give up on it eventually because right. they kind of put this negative overshadowing on everything oh 100%. it shouldn't be that way yeah exactly so like growing up in i would say i would say a smaller smaller town than yeah. what we're in now do you feel like you had any kind of negativity in your life people that are just like you know, you need to focus on your work. You shouldn't be doodling. Um, I feel like in Georgetown, I went to Scott County High School and that school didn't really nurture artists like at all. Like we had an art program, but that was like just art class. They didn't have like all kinds of different types of art classes or anything. They focused a lot more on sports. And so I feel like all of the artists in my school just kind of got overlooked, but I ended up switching schools around a lot. I actually went to Campbell County for a little bit up here. You know where that is? Yeah. 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 Um, and that school was actually, I hated it more than any other school that I ever went to because I, it was impossible to skip class. Like they were going to call your parents. Like it was always <laughs> just, I hated it for all the high school reasons, but it was, it, they didn't have a football field then and they had no sports teams whatsoever. And so they had drama and photography and ceramics class and like jewelry class and all kinds of different art classes what? and I think I should have been excited yeah. but I really just hated it because I couldn't skip class <laughs> I just want to go man I just want to smoke weed with the yeah. dudes down the street I spent uh, most of my high school in a boarding school in Oneida Kentucky and it was a religious boarding school, so that was, like, a whole different experience. And there were no art classes available there. That's and, terrifying. Yeah, so definitely my schooling never nurtured what I did. It was always something I did on the side by myself. Right. And just kind of ended up doing it later on. So did you say that was a religious boarding school? Yes, it's uh, Onita's uh, Baptist Institute. <laughs> They're so Southern how did you Baptist. end up going to that? By skipping too much school. <laughs> The truancy officer is like, she needs to find Jesus. She's got to go. Pretty much. I guess my aunt uh, lived close to the school and she's super religious. And so she thought it would be like a good way to like save my soul. You know what I'm saying? And so I went there. It didn't really save my soul. I was told over and over again that like dogs didn't have souls. And I would argue That's with sad. my Bible teacher. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That is so sad. 
it was uh i think the best part of that school was that uh i think only 10 percent of my graduating class were white students and everybody else was a foreign exchange student um there were lots of kids from ethiopia and africa and asia what? different That's so yeah neat. it was yeah. super interesting yeah so that was cool to be able to see different cultures and so i feel like probably a lot of different elements of my high school and schooling helped with what I do now but it definitely wasn't like the teachers or the system no it's just just the kids that are going there. yeah Yeah, absolutely that's super neat so with being a woman in the tattoo world you started as an apprentice at Loki 13 so how long were you an apprentice for I was an apprentice for about a year. When I started on, I was told that uh, the average apprenticeship was anywhere from like two years onward, but that it would just be based on what you did and how quickly you progressed. And so about a year in, he decided that I could go ahead and take my test to start actually tattooing people in the shop. But that he, it was kind of like, it was a two year apprenticeship because I had to stay working at the shop for a year to like continue to learn under him. While okay, I was so licensed. You, you were like legit an apprentice and then you were kind of on your own, but they overwatched you. Right. Yeah. So yeah. there was like the apprenticeship for a year and then there was kind of like a probationary period where I was allowed to do tattoos supervised and legally. So I went and got like my whole um, certification from the health department and stuff like that and took my tests and whatever. So I was like uh physically trained as a tattoo artist but fine-tuning everything took place over the next year for sure which I never realized how much went into being a tattoo artist until I met you yeah health department (laughs) and shit like you have to go and be like what it's like it's different in some places um up here I like the tattoo laws in northern Kentucky as opposed to southern Kentucky because in southern Kentucky uh, all you have to do is get a shop to say that you're ready to take the test Um, okay so first of all don't go to southern Kentucky for a tattoo yeah don't do it unless that person is trained somewhere else it's not a good idea (laughs) yeah but uh northern Kentucky's laws are a lot more strict and our health department guy at the time was just amazing and he was a total like germaphobe so he was the best person to be over all the tattoo shops they they put one health department dude over all the tattoo shops in the area is what they do and so I want to show yeah it's super interesting it's super interesting how they do all of that but But you have to like learn about like pathogens yes definitely and all of the different types of uh blood transmitted diseases that you can get most of them are like sexually transmitted diseases as well yikes yeah um so it basically teaches you how to protect yourself and how to protect others and then all of the like common diseases that can come along with it what has what has cures what doesn't have cures and it pretty much educates the tattoo artists in the area on on their personal risks as working as a tattoo artist. That's wild. Yeah, That's there's really like a cool. whole procedure to go through if you accidentally stick yourself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yikes, like yeah. lots of uh, paperwork to file out and stuff like that. Especially in Northern Kentucky, because I mean, yes, yeah, it's not like that in Southern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky also has a lot more rules about like where to keep your paper towels. You have to have uh, certain wall heights between stations so that there's no splatter. Like they have a lot of really in-depth rules that you wouldn't think about usually. Well, now I feel safe though. <laughs> Yeah, Northern Kentucky is a great place to get a tattoo for yeah, sure. Yeah, like if I had to pick between Southern Kentucky. Yeah, there are great shops down there. Don't get me wrong, but most of them do like guest chairs and yeah. stuff like that from people from other places. Yeah. yeah. But if anything, like I don't think I would ever go south and be like, I'm going to get a tattoo. Yeah, don't, I don't do it. I don't it. think that's a thing because I don't, not to like bash on Southern people, but I just, I just feel like the South is way more lenient when it comes to 
like FDA laws. Yeah, it was crazy when I went down, when I left Lucky 13, I was at Lucky 13 for three or four years, almost four years, if not a full four years before I went to a different shop. So that was like all I knew. And uh, Lucky 13 was always well kept and we followed everything by the code. Like you were getting yelled at if you didn't, you know what I'm saying? It was like really serious because like the health department can show up like anytime, you know what I'm saying? They do two visits a year and they don't tell you when. Yeah. Yeah. So they usually end up being about the same time, but there's no way to know. And so Lucky 13 was always like absolutely on par with everything. You know what I'm saying? And then when I went down to uh, Southern Kentucky, I was tattooing in Lexington and it was it was such like a drastic change because I remember like like I mentioned the paper towel laws. You have to have a separate set of paper towels that you use for tattoos rather than when the ones you grab for like washing your hands for obvious reasons you right. know what I'm saying they didn't have that law in southern Kentucky and so I was asking like where their tattoo paper towels are and the boss man was just like yeah right there and I was like you guys don't have like a separate one <laughs> or <laughs> oh, no. and he was like no that's not required like here and I was like can I can I look at what y'all's laws are down here and he was like well actually you'll, they'll teach you everything at the like health department and I was like okay so I asked the health department and they were like no you, you just have to have the shop call and I didn't have any classes or anything like that. I paid 30 bucks and they gave me a license. Oh my God. Yeah. The license up here is $80 and a class and uh, a secondary class that you have to take before that one. So there's like a preliminary test, an actual test, and then an $80 fee for getting your license. Damn. So they're legit up here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They make sure that you know what you're doing and stuff like that for yeah, sure. Yeah. So like in Southern Kentucky, it's just a step above from house tattoos. Yeah. Honestly, like it depends on the shop. Like I said, there are good shops. And so different shops will have different requirements. And right. so if you run into a shop down there, that actually knows what they're doing they're going to require you to have separate paper towels and separate everything you know what i'm saying but the law in southern kentucky doesn't require it so most shops don't do it yeah you would think it would be the same all over yeah is it just like county i think it is by county yeah yeah that makes sense it might be by like district because like i said they have one health department person over all the tattoo shops in in like a specific area right okay So just to describe, like, the setting. So we live on, I wouldn't say, like, a suburb of Cincinnati. Mm, No. It's more like Cincinnati, but extended. Yeah, it's like the small, it's like when you get to, like, the outside of Cincinnati and it starts to get smaller. Yeah. But it's still the city. It's still the city, yeah, Yeah. exactly. You can see the skyline and everything. So Mm -hmm. working on Madison Avenue, which is a super busy area. I love Madison. Yeah, so, like, how long... How, like, how late did you guys stay open? Did you stay open pretty late? Uh, we were open from noon to eight, like any other tattoo shop. But we would, all, like, if we were in the middle of doing t- a tattoo and it was eight, like, eight o'clock, we weren't going to, like, stop tattooing. So there were some days that I was there until, like, three in the morning. And then other days I would leave at, like, six because there, it was dead. Oh, my know? God. Yes. Because we went for Friday the 13th tattoos mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm, I swear to God, we were in that shop until three in the morning yeah i did so many i think i ended up doing like 13 or 14 tattoos that day so that was a lot of fun didn't fall off. I, I think it felt like it was going to the best part of like doing tattoos all day is that when you touch stuff it kind of feels like the vibration setting on your phone is on because it just vibrates when you poke it like your fingers do that would blow my <laughs> mind there's no way oh my god that's like an existential crisis waiting to happen yeah so when you were there was that the longest tattoo shop that you were there at 
Definitely. Um, all the other tattoo shops that I've worked at, I've had problems with the people. Like, I love tattooing. I've said it a million times. Tattooing is amazing, but the tattoo community can be really hard to put up with. It's a lot of drama sometimes. And then if it's not drama, then it's just bullshit. It's just bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what would you say, like, okay, so I know Lucky 13 was a good experience. Yeah. But what would you say was, like, the worst experience of being in a shop? What do you think contributing contributed to you stepping down and just being like I'm done so that shop that I mentioned in southern Kentucky was kind of like my first taste of a shop that I wasn't like sheltered at because Mark kind of sheltered me from all of the crap that women have to put up with um like I said when I came into Mark's shop it was like there was already a female tattoo artist working there there was no problem with female tattoo artists and uh equality all across the board you know like everybody has an equal shot it just depends on if you have the talent or not And then when I went to the other shop and I was kind of treated differently for being a, like, lady and then also, like, just my experience was really downgraded there. And so I was, like, putting up with a lot of people coming, especially the apprentices because – apprentices end up being like the major problem in tattoo shops because they either are really focused and keep their head down and do what they're supposed to do and like are there to learn and those are the ones that usually make it through the apprenticeships and actually become tattoo artists and then there's the ones that really try every way but learning to get to be a tattoo artist so like sucking dick yes like sucking dick um so i had a couple of apprentices that thought that dick sucking was the way to get to the top when i was there and they liked to act they get big heads um mark calls it tattitude Ooh, tattitude yeah hashtag tattitude yes and it when when you get tattitude it's when you meet that artist that's super full of themselves but actually has no experience whatsoever or anything to back it up uh yeah and so a, a lot of apprentices will do that like right off the bat because they think they're hot shit because they're like working at a tattoo shop now you know dude for real because i've walked into a couple like in clifton where the campus is i've walked into a couple of tattoo shops Mm -hmm. and usually it's like to get a piercing yeah and i'll walk in and i'm like hey you know like i'm looking for this and they're like they roll their eyes and they pull up their computer. Yes, they have no sense of customer service. I think that a big problem with uh, the people who get big heads or tattooed in the tattoo community is that they completely forget that it is still a customer service rooted business. You know, like it, like it's permanent artwork, so it is all about the client. It's about what the client wants. If they're happy with it, are they happy with the placement? Are they happy with the whole process? You know what I'm saying? And a lot of apprentices think it's all about the tattoo artist and so they think that like the the client should come in and be stoked to see them you know what i'm saying so when they come in and they're iffy like checking out this new shop a lot of like people with tattitude will just automatically be rude as shit for no reason and it's just it's so bad for business and it's so bad for like work ethic yeah you know and so putting up with that while i was there for a long time like just kind of messed with me and then i eventually got into it really bad with the owner because there was a lady who came in and she was considering being the keyword getting a tinkerbell chess piece i think yeah and uh she wasn't sure about it and it was my turn to do the tattoo so i was the one talking to her and everybody else wasn't doing anything but paying attention to what i was doing so they watched me talk to this girl and they watched like how unsure she was and i was like okay so how about 
I spend the day drawing it up and you come back tomorrow. And if you're still sure that you want to get it done, we'll get it done. But it'll give you the night to think about it. And if not, you can keep your appointment and we'll do something different. Yes, please think about your fucking team. Yeah, I mean, if you're not sure... You're not sure. You're you know what I'm sure. saying? Yeah, exactly. And it's a tinker bell. It's a big decision to cover your chest with something. Right. And it was full color. It was really detailed. It was going to be like a lot of money too. And I, I just wanted her to have something that she would like. So she was really happy with that idea and left. And then I, afterwards, I got yelled at for letting money walk out the door because uh, it, he said in all likelihood that she would get something smaller now. And I was like, well, of course she would, because who wants a Tinkerbell chess piece? 100%. And Are I, you kidding me? She's sitting there and she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is what I want. She thought about it probably for 25 minutes right right exactly and so i tried to like talk her down out of that like because you, you know how people are when they want to get something done right now they'll look for any excuse to get it done right now and Love like impulse. yes and tattoos can be addictive once you start like getting them done and so i'm like if you're getting one small stupid tattoo that's one thing but if you're trying to cover your whole chest you should be sure you know what i'm saying all of my tattoos are one small stupid <laughs> tattoo. Mine, mine are two like i don't i'm not a fan in the whole tattoos have to mean something uh i don't believe in that fully you know what i'm saying like definitely you don't want to get something that means like literally nothing Nothing, to you but if it's if the only meaning is that it makes you happy that's fine that's fine yeah (laughs) Yeah. if it makes you happy you look at it but like ma'am you have to get ready in the mirror every single day yes exactly look at that tinkerbell chest piece (laughs) it's between your i don't want to assume but it's between your saggy boobies yes (laughs) every single day exactly and so especially with um like part of being a tattoo artist is deciding helping people decide what will look good on them and so i'm not gonna try to convince you to get this chest piece for 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 more money when i already don't think it would like be suiting or flattering right you know bright colors all across your chest at that age with tinkerbell just doesn't sound the best you know not at all and i would appreciate that if you came to me and you're like listen we need to think about what you're doing i'd be like right i got you i always i always try to give people my professional opinion on it um people are allowed to get whatever they want to get so if you're really dead set on it then do you you know what i'm saying and that's why i told her to like think about it but like my spirit started kind of breaking with that shop when he started yelling at me because it would have been one thing if he was just upset about the money but then his apprentices and the shop manager all started laying into me about it and he it seemed like he had brainwashed these people to think that the money was more important i just like being the more quiet person that i am was just kind of like kind of defended myself halfly and was like you know i just didn't know if she was sure about it she's coming back tomorrow so she still has an appointment you know whatever so we let it be for the day and sure enough she came back the next day did not want the tinkerbell piece good and proud got, of her yes and she got something much better you know and i just it suited her really well it ended up being like some lyrics or something across her collarbone it just looked it looked really pretty on her and then afterwards i felt accomplished in giving someone a tattoo that they wanted even though it definitely was not the price of a chest piece because right. she just got some lettering but then as soon as he started yelling at me that night, I just kind of walked out and I didn't say anything at all to anybody. I got done with the tattoo and literally like walked out the front door while he was screaming at me. And then I came back the next day and he was like sitting there with his arms crossed and it pissed me off because he was like super ginger and he just looked like this leprechaun. <laughs> all, <laughs> like from like, the leprechaun movie. Yes, like, hey. just an oversized leprechaun, like all fucking angry and shit. And I came in and I was really quiet. And he came up to me and he was like, do you have something on your mind? And I told him exactly what I was thinking. And I was like, I just don't know if this is the right shop for me. That's not how I like to do things. You know, they also weren't letting me price my own tattoos yet, which I thought was ridiculous. 
Yeah, because you're not an apprentice anymore. Right. Well, they yeah. said they wanted me to get used to the pricing that they had down there, which is one thing. But they were like overpricing people and driving tattoos away. I did a nice. little three bird silhouette tattoo, just three little bird silhouettes. And they made me charge the guy a hundred bucks for each silhouette. Oh. So three hundred dollars. For what should have been like an $80 tattoo. That's ridiculous. Right. So like all of this added up. And in that moment when he asked me like what was up, I told him that I thought he was running the shop like crap, that I thought his apprentices should have more care for their artwork than what they're like getting done during the day rather than like how many people can I get in today? Like instead of is this tattoo good? Is this good quality? Did I do it correctly? Which is what an apprentice should be worried about. And so I told him everything. And then he was like, so are you planning on leaving? And I was like, I think it would be best if I didn't work here anymore. And then he said, okay, well, you're fired. <laughs> okay, no, it's the other way around, sir. Yeah, so I, I quit. I quit. And then he blacklisted me in Lexington. What the fuck? So yeah. you can't get a job anywhere in Lexington. Well, there's a couple shops that said that they would take me because they don't like that shop. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But uh, right. all the other shops that think that one's reputable because it's in a nice area next to the mall. You know what I'm saying? And it's you just have a like, lot of like clientele and shit. Yeah, and it is a nice area. You do draw in like uh, rich clients and yes. stuff, but rich rich clients to them just means charging more rather right. than. So, yeah. like at this point in your life, do you just not think that it's about the money? Are you just over that aspect of it? Me and Mark during my apprenticeship, like we talked about it several times because him having tattooed for 20 something years and more now it was 20 years at the time when I got my apprenticeship. Uh, he's, he saw that, like I said, he kind of sheltered me from all of that, but he went from shop to shop before he owned his own, you know? So he dealt with all of those issues and he tried to warn me about it when I left and we had like a real conversation about what tattooing meant to both of us. And we were like on the same page, you know, like it's about the artwork and about progressing as an artist and being able to give the client the best tattoo for them. And he told me to just not forget that. And so that I think that kind of stuck with me. The mm-hmm. day the day that I quit the other shop, I called Mark outside about 20 minutes before the owner asked me what was up. And I was like, I think I'm going to freak out, Mark. Like, <laughs> I really think I'm going to freak out. I went in and they're being super quiet and awkward. And he's just staring at me like this angry leprechaun. And I don't know what to do. And he was like, like I said... Just remember your values as a tattoo artist. Can you be the tattoo artist that you want to be at this shop? And I was like, fuck no, I can't be this fucking. <laughs> no, like, absolutely no. not. I, they won't even let me charge my own shit. And he was like, well, then I say do what you think you should do. And I fucking quit. <laughs> That's amazing. That's what you want, though, in a mentor. Absolutely. I'm really appreciative that Mark was my mentor and really appreciative that my sister gave me the advice when I was looking for my apprenticeship to find an artist that I respected. Yeah. And so when I found the artist that I thought was the best artist in the area, I was like really trying to get that job. You know what I'm saying? I was like, please, please teach me the ways. Yeah, yeah. Show me like what this is all about because I mean, I couldn't imagine okay, so don't don't get me wrong, but I I did go into a workforce because of money. Yeah. I said this is how much money I would make, but day to day it's so draining yeah and you're so focused on how much money you can make in the day Mm -hmm. that your work starts to lack so it's okay so in theoretically everything that i just said about loving tattooing and stuff like that is ideal for a mindset for a tattoo artist but there is i have run in after that shop i ran into issues with not getting paid well enough for my work and so there's that hard balance as an artist to find 
what is a good pricing for something and like something that you can make the money that you earned on this and also your shop can make the money back for its supplies while not draining your client dry you know what I'm saying and so it can be hard to find that balance and as I've progressed as a tattoo artist I've realized more and more especially um with my experience at my third shop which is the shop I was working at when I lived with you and that shop was really crazy to work at because they were really like unprofessional and so it like the the boss would spend all of his money on random shit and then drugs yes (laughs) pills to be specific so he would spend all of his money on pills and then he would come to the artists and bitch at us about how it's our responsibility to pay rent this month when he just blew the rent on pills and so he made it about money in a different way than the other shop did the other shop did it out of greed but he did it out of not wanting the responsibility of keeping the shop afloat on his own shoulders of being an actual owner yeah right and so we were really left up to do everything on our own there was no front desk person all of the artists had to take turns answering the phone which doesn't seem like the biggest deal until you're mid tattoo and you just got back from a break and no one will answer the phone and then they yell at you because you're the only woman in the shop to go answer the phone so you have to stop your tattoo for like the third time and so like just the conditions at that shop that he would put me in made me have less of an opportunity to give my clients a good experience. And I also experienced just like an abnormal amount of racism at that shop. Like not towards me myself, but like they literally, they literally would make me like take anybody of color that came in because they just did not want to do it. How? I know. And it, it like at first when it first started happening, it didn't really dawn on me that they were sending me every Spanish speaking client that came in the door. Like I thought it was because I was in the process of learning Spanish. And I think they kind of blamed it on that at first to like pass it off. You oh know what God. I'm saying? Yeah. And then one day I finally realized what was up when I had been tattooing all day and I was the only one that had been tattooing all day and everybody else had spent the entire day bitching about how they didn't have any tattoos and this Mexican couple came in and they didn't speak any English and so I went up and I was trying to like communicate the best that I can because I'm not a Spanish pro I just know like the basics and so I found out what they wanted and I went back and I was like hey dude do you want to do this tattoo up here and he was like yeah yeah I haven't done anything all day totally it was just one of the artists that was there and um he came he came up and saw that they weren't white and then literally ducked so that they wouldn't see him and then like crouch ran back to the back of the shop oh my god and i didn't know what the fuck was going on because i walked up and didn't know that he turned around on me so i started talking to them and then i turned around and the old dude was gone and i was like well hold on one second let me go find this person and so i went back and he was like just sitting there like shaking his head like real hard like cheek shaking no like hard pass like i'm not doing it and i was like what's going on and he said some like racist shit that i'm not gonna like even repeat and then the owner said some racist shit that I'm not even gonna repeat and then I got into this whole thing with them about how I'd been tattooing all day and that this was absolutely ridiculous that they're paying customers and you need to go up there and you need to be nice to them and you need to take their fucking tattoo and stop being so ignorant absolutely well it didn't go that way they were absolutely trash and I ended up taking the tattoo out of not wanting to send someone away because no one else would do it because they're Mexican like that's fucked up you know what I'm saying and so I took the tattoo even though I was tired and once I got done I went to the back and then they the boss quote said that I was the new designated colored tattooer that's what he said quote not my words call the police call 911 I lost my shit okay 
I, I lost my shit and I left work that night and I obviously was perplexed about this whole situation. And then they ended up firing this mixed guy that worked there who was like probably the second best artist there other than the guy who taught me oh. and who was also working there at the time, not as like the owner or anything. Racism. <clears throat> yeah. And Blatantly. they blamed it on him doing tattoos at home when three or four other tattoo artists there were also doing it because they were not regulating anybody's anything because they don't know how to run a shop. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And so I was really upset and I just kind of distanced myself from them and, uh, tried to not really communicate unless I had to you know what I'm saying I just stayed in my little shop area and my little station and then the sexism started coming in when they didn't have anybody else to take it out on you know what I'm saying yeah yeah so it started with one of the artists starting to call me baby Ew. all the time every hey baby Absolutely every day I will how was you. your weekend babe and it was just like really annoying tj would come into the shop and hang out and they started complaining about tj being there all the time and it was probably because old dude wouldn't call me baby when tj was around mm. even though i asked him not to and then one day they hired this guy who was not an artist at all he came in asking for an apprenticeship and they gave him a job in like a station an actual tattoo artist yeah and so this was the final straw for me because i was sitting in my station and mark wasn't at work that day and mark was like the only thing that made that job like a bearable during the daytime was right. when i could go to mark's station and we could shit talk about everybody else being ignorant you know what i'm saying and um he wasn't there that day and so i went in and the new guy was there and he was tattooing somebody and he was doing an awful job and nobody was watching him or paying attention or anything like that so I walked up and I was trying to like give him some tips, you know, because like, you don't, you don't, you, you need an apprenticeship, not yeah, a job. Yeah, let me give you some pointers, bro, before you fuck somebody's life up. Right. Well, then he told me that he didn't need to listen to me because the boss didn't talk very highly of me in front of the client. And so I walked away and I was like, literally, my face was like turning red in my station. Like yeah. I was getting really pissed off. And then I heard the boss and the other artists that called me baby all the time in the back. And they were talking shit about Mark and me. And they were talking about how Mark wasn't there that day and he should be so that he could help pay rent after the boss blew it all on pills. Oh, here we go. And so I called Mark <laughs> as per <laughs> usual when I'm about to quit a shop. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, I can't do it anymore, bud. I'm going to grab all of my shit and I'm going to leave right now. And he's like, did you say anything to them? And I was like, no, that they're just back there talking shit. This guy's up here messing up this girl's tattoo and I just I can't even stand it to be here anymore. And so I literally, without saying anything to anybody, packed up all of my shit and took like a backpack load out to my car and dumped it in my trunk. <laughs> <laughs> and then I came back in, grabbed the last of my shit, and I started walking out. And then I heard the owner from the back go, Nicole, where are you going? And I shut the door. Oh, and, bro, I'm out. And I'm not telling you shit. My yeah, bags are packed, baby. And, and Mark left the next day. And it was funny because they were like, I should have known when Nicole left that you were going to leave. And Mark ended up having like this big dude come with him because he was afraid that they were gonna try something like a bouncer yeah he brought like a bouncer it was our friend justin he's really cool he's the piercer's brother awesome that's yeah. amazing um it was just it, that whole shop was like an absolute mess and the shop that i applied to recently that i think i might get the job at uh I was talking to them about that whole experience and they said that they noticed that my work uh, wasn't of as good quality when I was at that shop. And then Mark was there and he was like, my work wasn't good quality at that shop. Yeah. 
and the shop so, wasn't good. The owner was <clears throat> shrun out on pills. Yeah, well, and you're stressed out. A perfect example is like when they wouldn't take that Spanish-speaking couple for the whatever because who's going to do their best quality work after having done six tattoos already that day? And then they're tired. It's the end of the day and nobody else has done anything but they won't help. Right. And then you have to you have to power through it racism yes and another horrible thing about that shop was just that like basic labor laws weren't followed and most tattoo shops don't have like a program in place for that or anything like that it's kind of like take your lunch breaks when you can yeah there's no hr right but that shop like if you left to go get lunch you were gonna get shit like all day and so many times a day i would just skip lunch and be completely like hungry and tired and have a headache and i would have to continue to tattoo yes exactly and so sometimes some days i would just be like i absolutely cannot do it you guys are gonna have to suck it up all right so you ended up leaving that tattoo shops um so since then i know that you kind of went on created art in a different way that didn't have really anything to do with tattooing yeah Okay, so you made a YouTube channel that has your music on it, but I know you guys sent me like a cover of Mom Jeans, which is <laughs> those my are, favorite band. Those are recordings on my phone. I have a I have a like crap ton of recordings on my phone of different songs that me and the band have been doing, but we are working on putting a YouTube channel together for it, and I've been working on making videos for said music videos. So you have your own band? Yeah, well, it's our band. It's me and TJ and Mark Wind, the guy that yeah. taught me how to tattoo. Um, it's all three of us, and it's called Crimson and Clover is the band name. I like that. That's cute. Thank you. Crimson Thank you. and Clover. Yeah, we had this whole, it's actually coming, we had this whole discussion about whether or not we should uh, look into the meaning of the song Crimson and Clover in case it had some like really weird unknown meaning. And then we were like, no, nah, we'll just leave it. We'll just go with it. It's fine. <laughs> who, who cares? Who cares? So did you always play music? Like, did you start playing music when you started doing, like, drawings and stuff like that? Or how did that go? So both my oldest brother and my dad are musicians. And I grew up around it. And so I remember learning, like, basic guitar chords when I was really small, like five and six. But I didn't actually pick up an instrument until I picked up harmonica at 16. And I learned how to play harmonica first. So now I can play, like, guitar and mandolin and pretty much, like, any stringed instrument that I pick up just because of music theory in general is kind of the same across the board for most string instruments. Harmonica is a weird instrument to pick up first. Like, yeah. how did you get into harmonica? Um, I went through this hippie phase when I had, like, dreads and I smoked a lot of weed and I just hung out and chilled out and I decided that I really wanted to learn the most mainstream song ever on harmonica and it was uh i'm yours by jason Mraz. amazing yeah is that the one where he has the chicken in the video have you seen the music video possibly that sounds about right yeah i feel like there's chicken <laughs> but yeah i decided that i really wanted to learn how to do that and so my sister for christmas that year gave me a shoe box with a bunch of melissa like uh miscellaneous things in it like there was a yin yang uh zippo lighter and spongebob footy pajamas for Cute. adults and other stuff and then a our harmonica was at the bottom of the box so, so you just learned off that yeah it was like a little kid's harmonica too so i started out on like this like real crap harmonica and then eventually like worked my way up to getting like an actual good one so how did you learn on harmonica did you like look up like stuff to figure out how to do it self-taught so like i looked into it and figured out how the harmonica works and it's basically like you blow in one of the holes and it's a certain chord um and if you like 
uh, inhale, it's a the next chord up. So it's kind of like a piano, but instead of just going in like a line, it goes in out, in out, in out, in out. I feel like that's like really train conductory. Like I feel like it's definitely like more technical than some of the other instruments I've learned. Yeah, I feel like train engineers use a harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. So do you play the harmonica in like your your songs now? Uh, no, actually, Mark plays the harmonica most of the time. Uh, we kind of have this weird dynamic where we're trying to figure out what instruments we play together the best, um, like our band dynamic, I guess. And most recently, we found that me and TJ on guitar, while Mark's either on mandolin or harmonica, works really well, or TJ on banjo, me on mandolin, and Mark on guitar works really well as, as well. Oh, so you just, like, kind of sit together and figure out, like, you play songs and figure out what's going on. Yeah, so it kind of depends on what mood we're in, and, like, the band practice pretty much starts out every time, like, what are you guys feeling? And then Mark will be like, I'm kind of feeling an E minor, and I'll be like, I'm kind of feeling the mandolin. (laughs) That's amazing, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. So, doing these jam sessions and everything, do you ever, like, since since you're with somebody who you're comfortable with, you're with your boyfriend and you're with Mark. Yeah. Like, do you ever get self-conscious? Um, no. I would say when I first started out playing music, I was really self-conscious about singing while playing music, mostly because it's really difficult to do so a lot of the times. And then also because, like, doesn't everybody get embarrassed about singing in front of people? Absolutely. But Mark kind of does this thing where he likes to ad-lib. Like, if we're just sticking around and not recording, we'll, like, all be playing just, like, a jam band type of song and going off of each other with no, like, set... Um, chords to follow or anything like that and then he'll just start singing over top of it it's usually something like silly and dumb and so that's kind of helped me feel like it's easier to sing in front of them and stuff like that because you can literally say whatever and they don't make you feel stupid about it that's so cute (laughs) i love that so with doing art and with doing music do you ever feel like a time where like anybody judged you for wanting to kind of make that a a path uh for sure and I think that kind of like propelled me more so into the industry more than anything um like I remember when I find when I first said I was gonna go for my tattoo apprenticeship everybody in my family was like you're not gonna make any money it's gonna be incredibly hard the whole fact that I was a girl kind of played into it my mom was like you know how like people treat women and like industries like that or you really think you can make it blah blah whatever and then um I really owe it to Mark I really do because like like I said earlier, he just kind of sheltered me from everything else. And so I didn't experience a lot of those biases or biases, whatever they are. With yeah, because I feel like with the artistic industry, there's a lot of constructive criticism. Yeah, and which is always great and helpful. But right. but then there's the other side of it where it's constru- like they want it to seem constructive, but it's like, look, Actually I've been just... in this industry for so long. Like, mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing. It's that attitude. It is. Yeah. It, it really is. Yeah. And I feel like that can apply to anything, honestly. Yeah, like, absolutely. Musicians can definitely be like that as well. Like, yeah. uh, I, that's why I really like the dynamic of uh, our band, because we're able to joke around with each other and switch instruments without any kind of judgment, which makes it easier to play what you're feeling. So the music comes out better because if you're playing with somebody who's just criticizing what you're doing the whole time, you're not actually playing music together. You're just playing a couple chords and then someone's like, yeah, well, I think that this is better because this is the way that I do it. So we're going to do it this way. And then it ends up becoming their song. And so it's interesting as a band to be able to work together because then it becomes like your song and you make music that you couldn't make by yourself. Right, right. So... With learning an instrument and being in a band, do you only practice when you're in a band or 
do you practice by yourself? Um, there was a time where I like made a, a point to practice every day by myself when I first started playing guitar. And uh, I think that really helped me progress in being able to play other instruments as well. But mostly, I think the most useful uh, form of practice that I've ever been able to accomplish is playing with other people because you don't really get that experience playing by yourself. And so you can learn how to play the guitar, but you can't learn how to play guitar with other people without doing it. Yeah. So. So do you just feel like surrounding yourself with people that you trust makes you better at whether it's tattooing or just your drawings or music, whatever it may be? Absolutely. Having someone that's already like in the field that you're looking at, that's willing to talk to you and kind of like walk you through the steps absolutely helps nurture what you're doing for sure. If you're just surrounded by people who continuously put you down, you won't ever develop in in those skills. Definitely. And I feel like, I don't know, like I think that's my biggest issue is I've always had friends that have always been like really, really good at something. Mm Mm-hmm. And on my spectrum of it, like, I'm not good. I'm just a beginner level. And it's because I start out at such, like, an older age. So, yeah. So, like, when I compare my art to theirs, I'm like, I don't even want to ask them. (laughs) I don't even want their opinion because they're already so good. They're so far into the game. Well, like I said, when I went looking for my tattoo apprenticeship, I went looking for an artist that I respected. And so I went looking for an artist that I was genuinely worried about them being like, no you're not good enough because I can already do this. Look what I can do. You know what I'm saying? And so I did look out when I found Mark because he was that amazing artist that was also willing to teach me. And so it's kind of uh, one of those balances of power. Like you'll either find somebody who's good at it and just likes to keep it that way and not help anybody else get there. And then you'll find the person that likes to spread what they do and teach other people. I love that. I love that. I love that message because it's just like, (laughs) I want to build somebody up. I want to, yeah. I want to make somebody feel and be as good as I am. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So with a YouTube channel, I feel like that's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> You're putting yourself out there. Are your guys' faces on your YouTube channel? Like, do you record your face? We haven't made it yet. Like I said, I'm in the process of making the video. And so far I've got like half of the video made and I'm not sure what song we're going to use, but we just, uh, had jam practice last night and we actually, um, ended up with a recording that we really like and I think we're gonna go with it and um it ended up being one of those silly ad-libbed songs that Mark ended up doing but it just like it just came out magically I guess and we really loved the lyrics that he used and everybody was on point with timing and stuff like that and everybody was in key so we decided we're gonna use that for the video and we went through our recordings and realized that we have like a gajillion recordings and no video and no YouTube yet And so uh, we're thinking about going through and doing like a best of what we have album to just get our first album out there for people to listen to. Yeah. So do you care about viewers or are you just doing it for fun? I say I would say that we're doing it simply because we've had this band for like two years and we've even had a name for it for like two years and we haven't had a YouTube and we don't do shows. Mostly we haven't done shows because of COVID. Because around the time that we finally started finding our sound was when all of this kind of started happening. So, like, around the time COVID started, we were talking about maybe doing an open mic here or there. And then it just kind of all shut down. And so all of the amazing music that's coming out of the pandemic, there's been so much new music that's just amazing. 
uh, we want to be like part of it, I guess, to a degree. And so we've been doing music the whole time. And so I guess now we've decided that we should put it out there for people to hear. That's awesome. (laughs) I'm really excited for that. I can't wait. So that's really cool. Yeah, I know with like COVID and stuff, people have really found their voice. They've yeah. really figured it out. Cuckoo is a perfect example. A perfect <laughs> example. If you haven't heard of Cuckoo, you should look him up. I have his record on vinyl. <laughs> I feel like a fucking. I have his record on vinyl. Yeah, <laughs> but so I just want to ask you a couple questions, just like as a tattoo artist. Yeah. Um, since you've been that route and everything, could you tell me? Any red flags when you're picking a tattoo artist? So I'm going into a shop for the first (laughs) time. And this is, I wouldn't say it's my first tattoo, but Mm -hmm. let's say I go in and I'm like, this is what I want. What would you say a red flag in an artist is? Okay. Um, Like a red flag for an artist or a red flag for the shop or both? Both. Both. So the first thing that you're going to want to note is like when you walk in, does the tattoo shop appear sanitary and clean like if you walk in and they have like pop cans all over the like waiting areas probably not the cleanest shop not the best yeah so kind of eyeball it if it seems like a clean environment it more than likely is um as far as like your artist goes the best thing to do is to immediately be up front and ask about what artist does what style that you're looking for who would be the strongest artist for you most of the time they will recommend someone that likes to do that kind of artwork that style and then um secondly always ask to see a portfolio so many people forget this step and it's the most important step because seeing a portfolio allows you to see what work they've done whether or not it's good quality whether or not it's the like style that you're going for which is really important because just because they're a good artist doesn't mean they're going to be able to do your tattoo makes sense yeah. yeah um so definitely look for someone who's like in the style that you're going for for that specific tattoo i'm also not a big fan of sticking with the same artist um for all of your tattoos unless you just really love that artist and their style and that's all you want um Blending different styles together kind of creates more of like an organic feel for your tattoos. But uh, portfolio wise, my biggest tip is that if their portfolio seems too good to be true, it is because people steal images off of like offline all the time. Yikes. Yeah, all the time. And um, so you want like real tattoos in the portfolio. You want to be able to see those little things that they did wrong because if there's nothing wrong in their portfolio, they're hiding something. Nobody, like, tattoo artists aren't computers. Nothing turns out absolutely perfect. The key to being a good tattoo artist is being able to know how to fix your mistakes because you will mess up. Yeah, definitely. That makes a lot of sense because you want to see what works best for you. If you bring Mm -hmm. in a certain style, like, let's say you bring in, like, I want this cartoon and somebody's really good at, like, real-life portraits. Mm -hmm. You don't want a cartoon real-life portrait. Exactly. Or they'll fuck up the portrait. Exactly. Yeah, nobody wants that. So... Um, on that note, like this came from somebody on Twitter. So what would you say your least favorite trendy tattoos are? And have you ever turned down a customer because of that? Um, I wouldn't say that I've turned down a customer for wanting like a trendy tattoo per se. Um, mostly I've turned the only customers I've ever turned down were people that wanted to get, uh, like politically affiliated things uh, that just seemed kind of more temporary at the time more of like I don't like and, and, and it usually ends up being like someone who's like 18 
and wants like a face tattoo for the green party or something like that and i'm like i don't think that's the best idea bud you know what i'm saying so it's kind of like on a customer basis like it when i meet the person if they seem like they're starting out in life i'm not going to recommend they get knuckle tattoos you know what i'm saying right so if somebody came in they had no tattoos whatsoever and they're like tattoo this on my face yeah absolutely not no No. like you're too young for that decision most of the time uh it's kind of a moral code amongst tattoo artists so when you're 18 you can get whatever you want but most tattoo artists won't tattoo an 18 year old's face or hands yeah you know is that like the one thing you would refuse to tattoo on somebody yeah pretty much most of the time i wouldn't refuse a tattoo unless they were being rude or were unsure of their tattoo you know if the client expresses uncertainty then i'm always hesitant to do the tattoo right definitely that makes sense so have you ever tattooed a penis uh no i have been asked i think my favorite idea for a penis tattoo is going up the thigh having a snake charmer with like a little flute that kind of (laughs) yeah (laughs) i want that can i get a penis just so i can get that that's amazing would you ever walk into a shop and somebody who doesn't have any tattooed themselves, would you trust them to tattoo you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that is such like a bad stereotype that just because you don't have tattoos, it doesn't mean that you can't tattoo. Can't tattoo. Um, I will say that like tattooing myself during my apprenticeship gave me a really good understanding of depth. And so that would be something that I would be concerned about. But if they didn't have depth issues, like if they weren't going too light, weren't going too deep, then there's no reason. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if I walked into a tattoo, t- the words. <laughs> if I walked into a tattoo shop and somebody didn't have tattoos, I'd be like, "Who are you? <laughs> Why did you pick this?" Path? Probably wouldn't assume they worked there. Right? right the like, yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm in line. Are you in line? <laughs> right. Um. So, what about the weirdest tattoo you've ever done? Um. I think the like weirdest placement i've ever done was that turtle that i know you've seen that i did on a kneecap yes it had the whole world on its back but just because the kneecap seems like such an awful place to try to get tattooed the guy looked like he was in pain the whole time oh my god absolutely um i did do this guy's lip prints like he put a lipstick on and then kissed this paper and then i did the uh like actual imprint of his lips on his girlfriend's butt cheek so that was interesting yeah that's kinky (laughs) it was interesting that's kind of sexy was there like a lot of sexual tension the entire time absolutely (laughs) they were all hype about it for sure i was really happy for them (laughs) so so this one is from myself okay so what happens if you ever make a mistake during a tattoo? I wouldn't say huge, but like, you know, you fucked up. Right. Like, okay. Like I said, um, you're not a computer when you're a tattoo artist. So you're not going to make perfect, like perfect lines. The real, the key is knowing how to fix your mistakes. Um, like a little tattoo secret tip that you won't get like anywhere. I'll give you guys this. So if you're doing a line, just a straight line and you happen to stray like a little bit off the course of this straight line, Then you come back in on this, like if you leaned more to the left than you should have, you come back in on the right side and make it fatter and then come in on the left side on the bottom piece to straighten it all out. So it's really just like about knowing these little tips and tricks to fix what you fucked up. Right. Yeah. Um, So if, if, if you like, you can't panic as a tattoo artist, if you're, if you're tattooing and you start messing up, the best thing to do is to stop putting the needle in the skin for a second 
take a breath, just like a deep breath and calm your mind and then go back into it with the knowledge of how to fix it and like clearly readily available in your mind. And don't think about how this could turn out bad and blah, 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 all that. Because if you start to worry about it, you mess up. Definitely. Yeah. If yeah, I you see have my to tattoo have artist have the oh shit face, I'd be like, all right, yes. I'm out. What do I do? I got to tap out. Yes. Confidence is absolute key in tattooing. If you don't have the confidence in the line, it will come out in the line. Your line will be shaky if you go into the line unsure. And so like number one tip for tattoo artists ever is before you put your skin, put the needle in the skin, be like absolutely sure this is where you're wanting to go with this it. This is it. It's yeah. it. You have like, to have the confidence. That's permanent, bro. <laughs> that's going into somebody else. Yeah. And then if you do mess up, you have to have the confidence in fixing it or like like it will just make it worse. If you don't have that confidence, if you start panicking, you try to fix the line while you're still panicking, it's just going to get worse. You have to have that confidence. Taking a break, smoking a cigarette, calming down, sometimes eating some food or just getting like a soda, having that moment to step away will help you just like get back in the zone. That's almost like you're going in surgery and you're not like fully asleep. No. They just look at you and they're like, oh no. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah, no, it's game over, bro. You got to go get that removed. <laughs> it's over. No regrets. Well, that's part of the reason that you have your apprenticeship. During my apprenticeship, like I said, I tattooed myself. I tattooed multiple pigskins, oranges, um, friends that volunteered, people like just people that were willing, people at the shop. And uh, having like a little bit of experience under your belt with people that you know aren't gonna like literally bite your head off or fucking up their tattoo or like a dead pig skin isn't gonna yell at you you know what i'm saying and so you have that opportunity to like mess up do your mess ups figure out how to fix it and so that's why it's so important to have a proper apprenticeship instead of just pushing someone straight through yeah they they have to know the little nuances or they're not going to go very far they'll panic under pressure yeah definitely could you imagine though like a pig skin (laughs) you like fuck up and it looks up at you and it's like why'd you do this to me this is not okay (laughs) i would have a couple really angry pig skins in my life (laughs) if that were the case i'm done i'm done so uh, my last question for this on the tattoo basis is just uh, do you ever get mad if somebody brings in somebody else's like artwork? You're like, I want this. So it's not like the it doesn't make me happy when someone brings in something that's like straight off the internet because like the best part of the job is being able to design things originally um, that are your designs. But the reality of it is that there's only so much you can do with some of the simpler tattoos that people are getting nowadays, like lettering and line work. If someone wants like a uh, just like a simple like straight line around their arm there's not much design room in that you know what i'm saying and so it's kind of like a give or take type of situation where um you explain to them that you would like to give them something original ask if you can tweak it up a little bit to make it more unique to them ask about their preferences and their likes to try to give them the best tattoo they can get while still being original but some people are really firm and just wanting exactly what they brought in but it's about them it's not about you. Yeah, you know? that's a no for me, dog. I couldn't do that. I couldn't be like, I really like this tattoo. Can you <laughs> replicate it and put it on my leg? <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Right. Why yeah. Do that? You so, need that artistic freedom. That's why you're there. Right. So I think that it's just more about like there are definitely tattoos throughout my career that I like more than other tattoos that I've done for the sheer simple matter that I got to design those and put like my artistic opinion in on it. 
But uh, like I said, it's really about the client. So if the client really wants it exactly that way, then they're going to be happy with it exactly that way. And so once again, it comes back to customer service. You want your client to have what they want because it's going on their body. It's not yours. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love that idea. So uh, with customer service and everything, I know you have to, to encourage them. You know, it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. Did you ever have anybody that like reacted like a – total pussy to the pain um except my boyfriend (laughs) which on that Cody did great he fucking (laughs) almost passed out he got a tattoo above his knee and he thought he was gonna die all he needed was some cheetos people their people's blood sugar will dip sometimes when they're tattooing and so whether or not they pass out has nothing to do with their pain tolerance it has more to do like a ghost yeah it has more to do with did they eat properly that day and we ask all those questions on paperwork and stuff beforehand but some people don't really like think about it and they'll have eaten like a candy bar and they'll be like yeah i ate yeah so um it depends on like what they ate that day what they've been eating all week if they like spent three days and weren't really eating too much and then like pigged out the day of it's not really gonna help them like you need to have like a nice regular diet and be in like good shape in order to like take a tattoo on it is like traumatic to your body yeah to be fair cody (laughs) probably got his tattoo at like 1 30 in the morning yeah he'd been sitting at the tattoo shop all day (laughs) i hadn't seen him eat forever yeah he did so good he really did and then having passed out and then also carrying through with such a large tattoo he did so great he really did proud of him i'm super (laughs) proud of him but it was it was funny to watch because i probably had like (laughs) 10 more tattoos than he did at the time and he just turned pale as a ghost I'm like all right this is where he dies i go i've actually passed out not during a tattoo but after a tattoo i got uh like i got tattooed one time on my thigh and then it was actually the same placement as cody's so i wonder if there's something there like right above the knee yeah, yeah. right above the knee um not a fun place to get tattooed <laughs> but i can't talk shit i've never gotten tattooed there who am i to talk shit it's what? not fun that's for sure i ended up passing out later on like i left um after getting tattooed and I was hanging out with TJ at John's house, actually. And I was trying to get a fork out of a drawer. And I just passed out in their kitchen. Like, I remember standing there. And then I remember laying on the floor looking up at TJ. And he was like, are you okay? And I was like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I think I think your pain tolerance has a lot to do with uh, childhood trauma. Probably. Being able to endure all of that. Uh, yeah. So I think with the whole tattooing and the music aspect, all of that combined together, it's really just finding people that you trust and just understand and they understand absolutely you too. Yeah. absolutely i would say my best recommendation for somebody who wants to get into something is to find someone who's not a fucking asshole that already knows what they're doing that will be the best absolute asset that you could ever have to learning like a trade of any variety really I love that. Don't so, find any assholes. Cut the yeah. assholes out of your life. Yeah. If you try to learn how to, ta- if you're looking to learn how to tattoo and the person that you're trying to learn from is an asshole, walk out because you will not get a proper apprenticeship and you will never reach like your full potential. And I feel like also the tattoo artists that teach the apprentices that are assholes <laughs> turn the apprentices into assholes. Yes. Uh, so please stop making more asshole apprentices because they ruin it for all the licensed artists out there. Um, uh, we're if, done if you're you fucking assholes leave yes. get out if you're an apprentice out there and you want to have tattitude someday then you need to do your apprenticeship right be an actual apprentice do the bitch work that nobody wants to do and learn what you're doing because then you'll outshine all of the other tattoo artists out there and amazing do so great do you hear that everybody don't be a fucking <laughs> dick you have enough 
fucking dicks in this world. I'm tired of it. <laughs> it's what I think my life is. 99% of the time is just surrounded by dickheads. Yeah. We also have enough bad tattoos out in the world that we don't need more bad tattoos. Oh my God. So. Have you heard of the snake pit? No. <laughs> okay. So snake pit is this Instagram account and it's just really oh. bad tattoos. Oh. I and it's it. like you make the belly button an asshole. And it's like somebody bending over and it's their butt. Oh my gosh. I love that. I want that tattoo. I know somebody uh, who has a monkey tattooed on their stomach and it's like belly button as the butthole. No. Yeah. And it's like holding up a banana like it's about to put it in his ass. It's Is that great. a talent? Having terrible tattoos? I mean, it might be if you have enough of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> besides mine we're gonna ignore that um monkey asshole man wherever you may be come find me i live on holman avenue i was told not to put my address out here but i want to anyway oh my god just don't say the actual number come to my house i live by a fire station come find me hello monkey asshole man come find me well i am um I guess I guess that's the end of it. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much everything. Yeah, that that's a lot. Um, go find Crimson and Clover. Clover on YouTube when they come out with their first video. Should be coming soon. I'm really excited for that. I want to <laughs> I want to see Mark Lind in his prime, <laughs> which I feel like I have before, but he'll be on an episode soon, maybe. Hell yeah, yeah. I mentioned it to him. He wants to join. So yeah. Well, I tagged him in Facebook and he didn't answer me, but I think that's just the age. <laughs> yeah, like I said, like I said, he'll get back to you like three days afterwards when you actually see him in person, and then he'll be like, oh, "Okay, well, yeah, I saw, but I didn't answer." I didn't answer. It. It's <laughs> fine, man. It's cool. Whatever. All right, cool. Well, thank you, Nicole, for your time, and thank you for having me. Yes, it was fun. It was a good experience. I learned a lot. Hell yeah. I got fairly drunk. <laughs> I took a shot of whiskey and then a pickleback. What did you drink? I didn't ask you. What did you drink tonight? I've been drinking Mountain Dew and White Claw. Mountain really Dew. embarrassingly. <laughs> <laughs> We're from Southern It's Kentucky, not. Baby. It's not typical for me, I will say that. No? All right. This is a new leaf. We have turned a new leaf. We're out here. We got Mountain Dew for the energy. We got White Claws for the drunkenness. Can make the nerves go away. Yes. So thank you guys. Thank you, Nicole. And that concludes episode fucking four. Wait, five. All right. It's episode four. We know this. Kylie, get it together. Episode four. That was it, guys. I hope you really enjoyed it. Isn't Nicole just a cool ass person? That is crazy that people out there for a living put permanent art on people's skin. That is absolutely mind-boggling to me. You're really going to go into an industry where something that you give somebody is permanent. You're kind of like a doctor in a sense. I think I make that comparison, honestly. Oh, man. What a crazy ride. I cannot believe the amount of industry dirt that there is out there. It's just drama. It's like any other job. Just drama. I also can't believe how many times I said the word yikes. That's embarrassing. I need a new vocabulary. Uh, no, not going to happen. You're going to hear me say yikes probably in every episode because yikes to some of this shit. That's the only word to use. I'm not going to say anything else get over it. It's fine. I love you. Oh, man. So I finally shared my calendar with people. That was hard to do. It's just like giving away my time 
to something that I actually care about. It's the first time I've actually cared about something. And people responding to that makes my heart feel strange. Like, that's cute. That's cute as shit. Whoever scheduled their interview and listened to this, I love you. That's great. If you don't listen to it, well, you're not going to hear this. So we'll we'll figure that out when that time comes. But yeah, episode four, we're in here. We're doing it. We are doing it. So if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and like and subscribe. And no, for real, just download it. Tell your friends about it. I don't know. Um, follow me on Instagram, maybe. I have a Talentless Talent podcast Instagram now. So that's at Talentless Talent Pod. And then I have my normal Instagram, which is, we all know, K Y Y Y Y Y L I T T Z. Four or five Ys in there. I don't know. Go follow me. Don't follow me. It's fine. But again, thank you for listening. Check out Nicole Hall on YouTube and then her band Crimson and Clover. I got confirmation from Nicole today. Once they finish the music video, that bad boy is going to be up there. So check that out. Go support some local artists doing their thing. And um, if you have any questions for the next guest, the next guest is my brother. It's already recorded. You can't ask him anything. But Oh, I just revealed the next guest. Going Dills is coming to Talentless Talent. That should have been saved for the next episode, but I'm out here fucking up. It's fine. All right, guys. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for being the TT babies. I made that up. I thought that we should have um, a crew and I should edit that out, but I'm not going to because we were all up in here. Again, thank you for listening. Uh, Really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to uh, talking to you on the next episode. Bye.